What's up, Wooly Mama? See all these fly honeys oh, out man. here? It looks like it's going to be one of them. How's your health at the moment, Atsy? I know that I've been jumping in the AG1 program, the Athletic Greens. Have you been uh, on the Athletic Greens? I did, mate. I was ripping into them, went to Bali for a couple of weeks. Nice. And found it was a good little routine. Wake up, do the dawny, athletic greens in the dunny, so the family didn't wake the family up. Not yeah. with dunny water, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have mattered. Still would have tasted good. Yeah, so that was my little routine. Dawny, athletic greens, paddle out, surf for two and a half, three hours, and then come back and spend the rest of the day with the family. It was a good good way to start your day. Sick effort, mate. And uh, don't forget to go to athletic greens forward slash barreled. Bone, you saucy bastard. You like stout, don't you? I love stout. And you love coffee. I love a good long mac. Well, why don't you fucking have a go at this one? Cheeky Monkey Brewing's latest limited release long mac topped up pastry stout, 8.5%. Have a have a taste. Let me get my lips around that thing. Beautiful. Mate, it is really, really good. I had that one is last night. So tasty. It's a really good beer. Long Mac, topped up, pastry stout, cheeky monkey, limited edition. Get it while it lasts. It's not going to last long. It's fucking awesome. You. That's delicious. It's coming up to winter time in the southwest of Western Australia. What that means over here is fires, open fires. It means red wines. It means cuddling up with your lady friend or your. Male friend. Or your dog. Or your dog. <laughs> or your cat. <laughs> Wallaby kangaroo. Okay, okay, enough's enough. We need some red wine in this picture, surely. Forrester Estate, they're the best there is. I love cuddling up to a lifestyle range, Adsy. I think it's a, good, it's a good honest red wine for a good honest bloke and his missus by the fire. Or dog. Or dog. Yeah, Forrester Estate, get on it. Get your lips around a Forrester Estate. Tell you what, coming into winter time, I am in need of a new wetsuit. Adzi. Mate, get on the Shark Eyes wetsuits. They are the world's first ever multi-purpose wetsuit with no compromise function across all water sports. Uh, mate, they've got decades of manufacturing experience and environmentally conscious premium materials have all gone into this. There's a lot of a lot of research, a lot of hard work, and a lot of common sense gone into this sick wetsuit by Shark Eyes. Adzi, you've worn the, the actual wetsuit. In two words, sum it up for us, mate. Smooth balls. Oh, yeah. No rash. So get yourself a Shark Eyes wetsuit. They're the best in the business, and you're supporting a local product. You. I'm Nate Florence, and this is The Slab Tour, brought to you by the Barreled Surf Podcast. 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 Yeehaw! Alright, alright, alright. It is a Barrel Surf Podcast and it is a gorgeous Wednesday evening in the southwest of Western Australia. Very special episode brought to you tonight by a bunch of people including Cheeky Monkey Brewing, Forrester Estate, AG1. A little bit of a change to my left. 
He's been away for a couple of weeks. T-Bone, hello, mates. G'day, Nemo. It's good to be back. Oh, um, we've we're not, you, we're not in the shed quarters, but um, yeah, I uh, I was going to try catch up with you in Snake and Ads last week, but um, I went off to Melbourne for four nights and um, yeah, took the wife over and had a good time. Did you hit the pool? It was 10 degrees. And I so thought, no. 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 No, I can't even survive five minutes in an ice bath at nine degrees, <laughs> let alone going for a surf for an hour. So no, five, gave, minutes, five minutes in an ice bath is pretty good. Yeah. Well, I gave it a miss. No, but had a great time, mate. Yeah, nice one. I bet you ate lots of good food. Lots of food, footy, art, comedy, food. Yeah, it was great. Flying out of Boston is the best to Melbourne. Well, you are the cultured member of the uh, uh, apparently so. Team, mate. Apparently so. so. Good to see you getting yourself yeah. amongst it in Melbourne. Yeah. Hey, uh, tell us about the guest we have on today, Seabone. So, so uh, we've well, we've known this uh, young lady for a while. We um, I met her in person at the WSL Margaret River event. It was her first uh, gig as a commentator in the booth. And we're very stoked to have Felicity Palmatier come on to the Barrel Surf Podcast. Welcome, Flick. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome Hi. on board, Thank mate. You. Yeah, so stoked that you're able to join us. Um, it's been a bloody big year for you. Big year. <laughs> we'll go into some of the massive events that have sort of happened in your life in the last little bit. But let's start out with a couple of uh, a couple of things. So, big wave surfer, WSL commentator, television star. Obviously, absolute shred master of the highest order. Artist and, uh, as well, Nemo. Artist? Yeah, artist. I'm not very, an artist. Very talented. Uh, oh, Flick's an artist. Okay. Yeah, Flick's Good. an artist. Yep. Like Good stuff. What else have you got in your little resume there, Flick? Oh, just a bag of tricks, mate. <laughs> 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 uh, no, into a lot of different things, but at the meantime, main focus is surfboard riding. Yeah, surfboard it. riding. It's a great focus here. That is, that's, yeah. Well, we did have a chat on the phone yesterday and you mentioned that you are rehabbing an injury. So, what have you done to yourself? Yes, I am rehabbing two injuries. So, I back in January, uh, I spent December, January, February up in the Northern Hemisphere uh, chasing some big waves, <laughs> spending a lot of time in Hawaii. Flew over to Todos um, in Mexico for a swell. And yeah, I busted my MCL. Uh, that was January the 6th. And I kind of just braced that up. I didn't want to go back home. I was like, look, I've come to the Northern Hemisphere to do a bit of a mission. Like I'm here to surf some big waves. So I won't shortboard. But what I will do is if it does get big, like really big, I'll just brace my knee. And, you know, it's worth catching a wave at Jaws and put potentially injuring my knee again or re-injuring it but it's not worth re-injuring my knee shortboarding so I just flew back to the North Shore and stayed there surfed a few different big swells and came back to Australia and all was good didn't re-injure my knee no way so yeah that was great um bit of risky business there but it was also calculated risk I was like well it's worth me you know taking the punt on a big wave and injuring myself but not shortboarding Anyway, got back to Australia, rehabbed that knee, was feeling really, really good three months post uh, injury. And yeah, it was a torn MCL, feeling great. Went for a run, I think it was the 18th of April. And I was like, yes, first run back. And then that afternoon, freak accident. I fell down three stairs and landed straight on my ankle. Three flights of stairs or three? Three stairs, right. still bad, big crunch. 
Um, Stairs are unforgiving, aren't they? Yeah. It's just I wish I could say I did it surfing big waves or something gnarly. (laughs) However, no, it just fell over. And, yeah, so high ankle sprain. And here we are today just I'm feeling good. I've been surfing this morning, Mm. which was really cool. And I started surfing properly again for the first time in El Salvador two weeks ago. Awesome. Nice. And I'm on the comeback. Yeah, sweet. We won't say where you surf today, but how was the crowd down there? <laughs> oh, mate, just had a good old fun with all me mates today. Uh, backpackers? <laughs> no, just good, good bunch of crew. It was a mixed bag, I Yeah, it was yeah. a mixed bag. Oh, you down there as well? Yeah, it was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. What about El Salvador? They got some pretty good waves for the comp, right? Did you sort of surf around it? Because there was a few lay days, wasn't there? Yeah, so it was my first time to El Salvador and I'd heard a bunch of different things. Obviously watched the contest last year doing my homework and I saw, okay, cool, fun right-hand point break, tropical destination. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, jumped off the plane and I've never felt humidity like (laughs) what I had there. It was like 90% humidity. Wow. 35 degrees, just, oh, man, like it's just crazy. Yeah. and really cool destination. Like the government is putting a lot of money into surfing and the surf city there and really trying to like encourage tourism. And it's cool. Like they're really supportive of surfing and obviously the WSL coming there. Uh, Point Break, Punta Roca, epic. I think this year we saw way better waves than what we did the first year the World Tour event was there. Except I think Punta Roca still has another few levels um, to go to get to like you know being its best. I think we yeah, saw it okay. at about a seven or an eight maybe wow, on okay. day the first two days of contest. Yeah. The finals day, bit so so, bit challenging. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was cool. Like I um, so many different waves around there and just really fun. It sort of has a similar sort of feel to Bali. Like before Bali, kind of went a bit nuts. Um, in terms of crowd factor, um, and a lot of development obviously around Bali and stuff. So it's it's. It's got a nice feel, heaps of different waves. The wave that I surfed um, at the front of where I was staying, Bocaolis, was um, where ISA was the week uh, before. Yeah. Oh, sick wave. It's yeah. like lowers and hey, so wow. consistent. Oh, nice. Yeah, and on those lay days that we had during the event, like it picks up so much swell that I was just like, oh, my God, a kid in a candy store. And also I haven't surfed in five months. And I was like, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. This is like straight out the front. Like I get to surf this. Like this is great. <laughs> Oh, that's that's awesome. I remember seeing one photo last year of the ice. It was a year before maybe when it was just uh, like a picture of someone in a pool looking out over the mm. yeah. ISA break mm. and I was like, oh, mm. how good does that look? Just sitting in a pool watching the surf. Yeah. There must in. have been a lot of people around with the ISA games. That sort of finished up, right? And the, yeah. and the WSL came in for the event. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was chockers. And the infrastructure that the El Salvadoran government like built for – both ISA and WSL was just insane. Like right out the front of my hotel where I was staying, there was just this big infrastructure, which they were actually pulling down. Um, but pretty cool to see, you know, and there, there were so many surfers around, surfers from all different countries. Um, but still lots of opportunity to get waves with not many crew around. Yeah. One way to do it is surf in the middle of the day. Now, I don't recommend because it is like is it hot? you misconception of how hot it is, right? Because you're like in the water, mm. obviously, and you it's blistering hot, like middle of the day sun, 35 degrees, 90% humidity. And then you're like, oh, no, I'm fine. And then you come in after a two-hour surf and you're like, 
Like, why do I feel like I'm about to die? Because you're shriveled up. Extremely dehydrated. Lots of hydrolyte and electrolytes being used in that joint. Lots Take your camelback out when you're, yeah. when you're surfing. Camelback in a hood. Yeah. What are those rocks like when you walk out at Punta Roca? They look gnarly. Oh, yes. Yeah, so gnarly. They're slippery, are they? Yes. People man. come ass up all the time. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. People going ass over tit all the time. Um, but... I mean, these guys are the best and women, so a lot of they're not really stacking. I did see a few good stacks. <laughs> um, Jack was going out over those rocks pretty slowly, oh, nursing no. his knee and his ankle. Um, but like, yeah, you just go down, and towards the end section of the right, there's kind of like a few urchins on the inside yeah. too. So you slip, ooh, oh, urchin, slip, yeah. urchin. Uh. Um, so, bit gnarly. Yeah. So, tell me, El Salvador, was that always a planned event for you to go to or, or did that come up sort of last minute? Or? Uh, that had been planned. So, I guess I did I did Margaret River. I, I got the opportunity to do Margaret River and the Gold Coast Challenger Series event. And I said yes five months prior and I just like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. And then as the time started creeping down, I was like, oh, shit. It's a long like, haul, isn't it? <laughs> well, What was the flight to get there? Well, the, just for Margaret River and Gold Coast, I was like nervous for that, obviously. But then I was like, once I once I get the groove, like I'll just get the hang of it. And, um, you know, each day went by in Margaret River, I started feeling more and more confident. And it was actually during Margaret River I got offered El Salvador. Okay. So I was like, okay, cool. I must be doing something right. Like three days, four days into the event, I'm getting offered El Salvador. So that that's good. Yeah. Yeah, so let's just quickly wind back there. You said you got the opportunity. How how did that sort of come about, the initial opportunity to sort of commentate with the was? So uh, through Andrew Stark, who works for WSL Australasia. Starkey. Yeah, Starkey. Thank you, Starkey, for uh, thinking that I would be all right yeah. uh, in the Legend. booth with Done the cans really on well. my head. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, pretty gr- pretty grateful for that and grateful for the opportunity, I guess, he seemed to see something that I couldn't because I was like, dude, I don't know if I'm ready to do something like that. But I actually, year before last, uh, or year before this year, sorry, yeah, last year, I went into the booth for a guest um, appearance for two heats. Yep. And he liked what he saw and he's like, no, nah, you, you've got it for the curric and uh, you got the gift of the gab and you don't mind a yarn. So you got it. Yeah, you got you that got special it. something. <laughs> you got that special something. And look, I – Talk about surfboard riding for free, so I make us get paid to. Yeah, we do too. Yeah, yeah, we do. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there wasn't an interview with Elo and uh, <laughs> Jesse Miley Dyler, and Elo goes, "Okay, Flick. Now, just we're going to play out, play an old heat. I want you to just do yeah. some. I want you to say down car five times. <laughs> so, there wasn't an interview process there, and uh, you got put under the spotlight. You just got thrown into it by the sounds of it. Yeah, it's a sink or swim situation, quite literally, and. Uh, we'll see how this plans out. Yeah. But I have been in front of a camera before. You so have. Not not a stranger, no. so to say. Do you think that, that helped you um, transitioning into the commentary booth with your experience in front of the camera? Mm, it's got to have, surely. Yes, but I think it's more the ability. I think you have to have quite a bit of self-awareness in there. Yeah. And you have to be able to have the ability to think sometimes before you speak. And uh, there's a lot going on, you know, like you got your headset on and there's producer and director sometimes talking. In to your you. ear the whole time. Yeah. like yep. And you're having a conversation with like well, how we are. Someone's talking in your ear. Okay. Counting down a break. Five, four, three, two, one. Well, like, okay. Flick. Left from you. I want to hear from Rabbit. I get that. <laughs> it's like, oh, while well, trying to have a conversation, I'm like. Brr! 
Okay. The only thing that I can think Jeez, of. Jeez, that must I, be distracting. Yeah, when I got in there, was my first thoughts was just don't swear, don't swear, don't swear, don't swear, don't swear, don't swear. <laughs> so, because, yeah, I don't, I'm a fan of a swear word every now and then, so. Well, you can yeah, fucking swear on this yeah. fucking podcast. No worries there. Fuck, how's that turn? Yeah. Oh, big fucking down carve. Yeah. I, I was just um, on the way back here after, obviously, I forgot something because I've got ADHD and can't get my shit together. Um, I was listening to the, the Ashes commentary and I was thinking, you know what, there's a lot of downtime in cricket commentary. Obviously, they bowl the ball. And then uh, take half an hour to go back to their mark and then sort of run in and stuff. So there's a lot of talking about, um, you know, this, that and the other. Have they got like set things that they want you to talk about while there's no waves being written or is it just you guys ad-libbing? Well, depends obviously, you know, there's partnerships involved with each event and there's different things you got to hit for sure because, you know, they're supporting the events and stuff. Uh, obviously, you're a pro, you just said you got to hit. You got to hit those, <laughs> hit those sponsors, man. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, if we come back and with a WSL One Ocean, little WSL One yeah. Ocean, little spritzer here and there wouldn't go astray. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, we are enjoying a Forester Estate wine whilst <laughs> we're recording this podcast. It is Lifestyle absolutely delicious. Yes. Carry on, sorry, mate. <laughs> nice segue, mate. Um, it's pretty poor. <laughs> but yeah, there's that. There's a bit of that going on, but um, I. Th- you, we have, we have, there's a lot of freedom in there for sure uh, and there's a lot of funny banter that goes on that sometimes I wonder if that translates uh, to the list, the people listening because we have a bit of fun in there and laughing mm. and like <laughs> miming to each other and then I'm like, I wonder if this translates, you know? Yeah, okay. Sometimes I, but sometimes people have been like, oh, I could hear that you guys were like someone was getting the shits with someone or someone was having a bit of a dig at someone, you know? So it's a bit of it's fun. I, I really, I really enjoy it, and I'm enjoying working with the guys and the women because they're especially you know Joe and Kaipo and and Ronnie's an absolute legend. Yeah, like awesome. they're just fun. Yeah, yeah, really fun and professional, and they tee they've teed me up really nicely. You know that they're doing the they're hosting. That's the hard job, mate. I'm just there to be an analyst really yeah. and put my two cents in as and my opinion yeah yeah exactly so that means i'm roddy and t-bone's you <laughs> <laughs> t-bone's the analyst I'm rabbit hey, it's great having rabbit come to margs i think he's come a couple of years now um how was how was your time with rabbit such a bromance with rabbit mate <laughs> i yeah i i really love rabbit he's just a really nice guy and obviously he's he was CEO of ASP at the yeah, time for ten years. He's tip. got so much knowledge behind him. He was on the on the world championship tour. There's world there's champion. A, yes, there's a lot of knowledge. There's a lot of experience. Got smashed by the Hawaiians in 1978. Like fully punched out. Yeah, it's a uh, big experience. <laughs> <laughs> He's been around. There's a, there's a lot of lot of stories there, and yeah. the story time is what I love the most. You know of. Some of those guys who who just got that lived experience because you don't get that unless you have lived it. So that I really enjoy it when he breaks down things or goes a bit more in depth because you don't you don't get that with even someone like me. I mean, I'm I'm only thirty, so like I can only give experience with you know what I've done, and that yeah. is that that's not even maybe half of what he's done. <laughs> yeah, I think he's in his seventies, maybe. Rab, oh, I wouldn't have a clue, but yeah, I reckon he'd be would be close, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, he's he's a good man. He mm. he had a bit mm. of time for us when when we're down at the comp, and yeah, good bloke. 
So just going back to El Salvador, just um, some of the highlights for you, um, especially within the surfing, obviously um, Philippe and Caroline. Yep. Yep, they won. Um, I've got a soft spot for Steph and and unfortunately I think she got bundled out of Brazil, but who was doing some surfing that really impressed you, both men and women, at Punta Roca? Men, I've got to say Ian Gentile. Yeah, just casual Just absolute style, dark huh? horse, but I think he's always been – he's just found his mark in El Salvador, like absolute giant killer, took down Jack, Jow, yeah, I think it was Gabriel Modena. Yeah, huge. Them, big names, obviously, lower seed coming – you're going to come up against these high seeds, but yeah. that's pretty bloody impressive. It and is, yeah. And to finish with his best result so far on the CT, semifinal finish, uh, that was really, really impressive to watch. I, I love that. I think Felipe was interesting to watch in this event because he had a really different approach. Uh, this event that I saw, it, it was almost a more laid back approach. And, you know, I think if, when I think of him, I think of someone who's like a really assertive, like almost aggressive, but in a good way. Surfer at the beginning of a heat wants the inside, wants the first wave and like attacks from the beginning, right? Yeah. Whereas this event, he kind of just like had this, cruisy laid back approach and I I just I just love to see it I just thought it worked for him a lot better I mean he did say in the end though he had like some sort of injury that he was struggling with he woke up the morning of the final and could hardly walk or was it the day before and he could hardly walk around because he was having lower back issues I think it was so that maybe forced him to compete this way but I know I just saw a different side of Felipe that I hadn't seen before and I like that women's Do you think it's anyone's that can win the win the title? Like, if, if whoever makes the top five, I mean, I can't put a finger on it. I mean, I, obviously, Carissa is is going to finish number one, but I, I I find it quite hard to pick a winner out of that top five. One thing um, that I know is that the the women's division is going to be so much more interesting in the is. top five this year, and it certainly was last year as well for me. Um, it, I just reckon. Yeah, I don't know what what sort of scars Chris is going to have. Yeah, that and what was I going to say? Someone who I think this year is on a different – I just feel like her headspace is a lot different. She's coming so fired up is Tyler Wright. Mm. I think – I speak about it so much when I (laughs) have done commentary, but um, I've listened to a bunch of different podcasts she's been on. Spoken to her a lot, known her for a long time, and I just think she's really figured out her recipe of how she performs well, and I think it's working for her now. And I feel like it's it's pretty hard to stop someone who's so determined. I mean, you look at Tyler when she was in her heyday; like it was, yeah, that was like super unstoppable. You know, strong and powerful, and just uh, her headspace where she was was really hard to. Get past, but then I can't go past someone like I think is it Steph and Tatiana are sitting right now in equal fifth position. Mm. Yeah, before um, Brazil. But before, yeah, before Brazil, obviously Steph is out now. But um, I think Tatiana is someone that's going to be really exciting back half of the year because you've got places like J Bay, Tahiti. She won J Bay, yeah, didn't she? She's won J Bay. Yeah. She's obviously real loves waves of consequence. Yeah. She's sick on her forehand in the barrel. Yeah. So like that's gonna be pretty exciting to watch. Yeah. Um 
And then Steph, uh, you know, just at J-Bay, like, you know, a match made in heaven, beautiful right-hand point break surfing. Yeah. Go past it. Do you think the more experienced, what I feel is the more experienced women on tour um, started to feel a bit threatened from the younger brigade, like the Mollies and the Caitlins, I feel like they're they're sort of taking control uh, and going into J-Bay and Tahiti. Fuck you, grummets. <laughs> I, I think their time. I mean, I think they're not ready to be knocked off by the younger brigade. What, what, what do you feel with the with in the women's side between the, the the young and the and the older women on tour? I think it's very very exciting because I think the younger, like the Mollies, the Betty Lou's, the Katie Simmers are coming in. Caroline Marks, and they're so hungry. There's mm. like this ferocity there. Ferocity, ferocity. I don't know what the word is. Frosty. There we go. We'll go with that. Frostiness. Frost, Frostiness. No, not frosty. <laughs> but they're just so hungry and obviously the progression as well. But I think it's pushing women like Carissa. It's pushing people like yeah. Steph. And Steph said it, like I think it was a post-aid interview I heard her say, like, you know, I, I'm really inspired by these women and like hanging, surfing with them. It pushes me to surf my best. And um, there hasn't been a year except for the – years Steph was injured, which was three years on tour, mm. that she hasn't won a world tour event. So this year she hasn't won a world tour event, mm. right? No. So there's only how many events left is there after there's, this? There's two more. This is two, yeah. J-Bay so and This could be the first year that Steph maybe doesn't win a world tour event if wow. she's not being injured, which is pretty crazy. But it just shows you that the level, I think it's just becoming like, you know, you used to have these five names that were always in the top five um, conversation all the time, but now I just feel like th- those lines are blurred now, and it's it's yeah. it's really tough. Yeah, just just um, one quick one before we do sort of head back in time a little bit. Uh, and now I've got the mental bank. What was I saying? You're going to probably say something about the men's. No, no, no. Oh, that's what it was. Um, what's your thoughts on the whole? You know, such a small. I actually like the the small amount that there is in in the women's, just because I think there should be that same amount in the men's. Keep banging on. You mean about the reduced the, oh, the, after the, the cut? Yep, reduced field because there's yep. only seven, there's only seventeen surfers at the start for the women. There's thirty four or whatever for the men, but I mean only five people at the end of the year can actually get on tour from not being on tour. It's a very very small amount. It's tiny. So what, what's your thought? I'm sure you got something. I know, I know um, we don't necessarily want to say bad things, but would you like to see more women on tour? I would 100% love it if yeah. that was an option. Mm. Yes, because I feel like there is so many amazing women surfers on the Challenger Series that deserve to be on the championship tour. Mm. Um, we saw on the Challenger Series last year, three women or four women going into Halieva all basically tied and like then Teresa Bonvalot and um oh my god I'm having a mind blank. Uh Sophie McCulloch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh they like were head and head and Teresa missed they actually had the same amount of points and finished the same on the Challenger series, but then um Sophie ended up getting the jump on she had the win at yeah, Halieva. She had the win. Yeah. No, but it actually went to it actually went back on because they had the exact same points, exact same results. It went back to heat wins and whether you finished in a third or fourth position um, in the, the earlier rounds, that's no how way. they determined no who way. got on. But the thing, I just feel like the level's so high. Like 
even there's women like um, Alyssa Spencer. She surfs really good. Um, Goofy-footed surfer from California. Uh, I, mm. I just think it 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 gives more narratives. It gives more storylines. Yeah, yeah. It it's, gives more people for different countries from around the world to get involved mm. and follow their Definitely. surfers. And I, I would love it if there was that opportunity to have more women on, to, on yeah. tour. You've got sure. your Luana Silvers, your Macy Callaghan, yes, yep. your Nikki Van Dyke, your Vanna Ferrier, obviously – uh, our it's too cutthroat right now. It's just Ellie Harrison, just a, Bronte, obviously. Mm, you know, mm. there's so many big names that could be up mm. on the CT and have been in the past mm. that probably should be there. I just reckon they need to expand the women's tour side. Uh, obviously, I'm not part of the Wazzle, <laughs> but you know, Elo, if you want to want me to jump on board as a bit of an analyst, I oh, know that's deep. Bone. Um, <laughs> they they should cut the men's back and increase the women's. That's that's been my thought for a, a little while now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I like the cuts cut numbers with the men. I think the women should be the same. Mm. Anyway, that's hey, just a quick one. You mentioned Bronte. Um, I haven't seen Bronte for a little while. Now. Have you seen Bronte around for Is she? I haven't been around, so yeah, I actually, true. I've been not here. She uh, went to Gold Coast. And yep, she did. I think she got knocked out pretty early, if I remember. And Same went, in Sydney, yes. yeah. And then went to Sydney, so they didn't have a and great Aussie league. I'm interested Aussie to know if she will be in Belito because Belito yeah. is about to start. Yeah, so it is. Well, she's got the West Aussie MCL situation. Yeah, she does. She did a little. Jack Robbo. Oh, that's right. Felicity Palmatier. Injury at Marks. Bronte McCauley. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I think I think it's well publicised that she did suffer that injury. So I'm sure she won't mind us talking about well, it. Speaking of the Challenger series, obviously Jacob Wilcox has had a great start. It's uh, come on the West Aussies. Oh, oh my gosh, man. I know. Oh, we'd, we all would love to see Chipper hit the CT. So, <laughs> where did you grow up? Who started your surfing? Who were some of your influences? Oh, okay, so I born in Perth. Was born in Perth. And where'd you, where'd you grow up? What suburb? I grew up in Hillary's. Okay. Yep. And Aquabogan. Pardon? Aquabogan. Aquabogan. Yeah. Northern suburb, surf bogan. Yeah. Yeah. I was the same. <laughs> Hillary's. Oh, don't crack. Hey. So, uh, yeah, grew up in Hillary's and dad is like ultimate surf grom, absolutely loves it, frost harder than what I do still to this day and yes it's it's impressive it's impressive (laughs) um so he wanted i've got two younger brothers luke and alex and he wanted them to surf so we'd always go down to the beach every morning and he'd be trying to take them um surfing and i remember one morning before like i was probably about six years old i was looking down the beach and i was like fuck like, I want to do that. And I remember we had a bodyboard there and I was like, fuck this. I'm just going to grab this bodyboard and like run out. And I started like trying to stand up on this bodyboard, push myself in. And dad looked down the beach. He's like, oh, God, I better take my daughter out. And yeah, so yeah, dad um, started taking me surfing and I was obsessed with a wetsuit. Really wanted a wetty. A pink one? Nah, right? not a pink one. Just wanted a black wetsuit. Black wetty. Yeah, just something really cool about a wetty. You should get yourself a Shark Eyes hybrid wetsuit. Mm, I they're, have one. They're pretty good. I have oh, you one. got one? Yep, got my hands on a Shark oh, Eyes. Oh, Shannon Warra would be stoked with that. Yeah, Shout out Shannon Warra. Awesome Very warm wetsuit. wetsuit. Great for lots of different things in the water, not just surfboard riding. True. Yep. Um, so, yeah, really wanted a wetty. Dad said, look, I'm only going to get you a wetsuit because if you come surfing with me, Every day for a week before before school or whatever I was doing, and he was like, 
yep, okay, that's the deal. And I was like, okay. So I went surfing with dad every day before school. Wow. And he was like, all right, I'll buy you a wetsuit floss. And I was like, yes. And then, yeah, basically. How old were you? Six. Six. Yeah, six, wanted a wedding. Young. Yeah, but not like every single day, you yeah. know. It was just like here, there, every now and then yeah. and just like loved the ocean, loved all like the positive memories associated with that, family time, beach time, nature, all that, just having a hell time at the beach. And then I just started surfing every day before school with dad and it was just a really fun thing to do and I just loved it and we would had – Dad and I have always had a really good bond because of this. Um, and then when I was 12, I think we needed a new leg rope or deck rip or something for one of my surfboard, walked into a surf shop and I looked up on the wall and I saw a poster on there and it was for a surf comp. had no idea what that okay. was. Pointed to Dad and was like, what's that all about? I want that one. Yeah, and I want that one. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yeah, you know, there's surf contests out there. And there's professional surfers and okay. you, if you wanted to do it, like you could make it a career and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Anyway, I got home and my brain was ticking and I was like, mm. and I've always been really competitive and the thing is, it's so weird, right? Dad's always like, I think he created this competitive person inside <laughs> of me. But when I said to dad, I want to I want to, I want want to, to do this surf contest, mm-hmm. it was like a Starlet contest. I don't know if you remember that brand Starlet. It used to be a women's surf brand. Um, I forget the my brain not working. Starlet. Starlet, yeah. Oh, not Star Surf Shop. N- no, Starlet. Yeah, it used but to be they a... didn't do like a women's Starlet. Could be. You could no. be right. Oh, no, no. Um, no, no, no. And so, little surf comp, all girls surf comp actually back then, pretty rare. Where was wow. the comp at? Um, Trig Beach. Classic. Anyway, so dad said, nah, you can't enter it. And I was devastated. Dad. I was like, what? So, I know. So, I grabbed the phone. And rang up and entered myself into the comp. And <laughs> then you? dad just was like, fine, all right, I've got to support my daughter. Yeah. Came down mm. and he was just setting me up like, look, you might not win. No, no, no. Anyway, I won. <laughs> and then from then you on. You won just, your first comp. Yeah. Whoa. Yep. First comp. Yeah, getting pushed in by dad in the under 12s. <laughs> the assisted under 12s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You ripper. Yeah. Um, and then, then what? Yeah, basically from there on out, um, I was obviously obsessed with competing. I (laughs) loved it. I've always been competitive. I have that nature inside of me. But it's more so a thing of now anyway of wanting for me to be my best. But anyway, back to then, dad just was obsessed with it and was like, all right, we're fucking doing every single (laughs) contest every weekend up and down the West Australian coastline in the back of the um, old uh, Land Rover Defender that he had. Yeah. So we'd be like bobbing up and down in this Defender up and down the West Oz coastline. Classic. And uh, yeah, I just fell in love with those times with dad. Yeah. He'd blast ACDC, Rage Against the Machine. And yeah, I guess I, so I started surfing in Trig, but then like honed all my surfing skills down here. When did you first um, make your first trip down to the Margaret River area? Well, I, we actually lived down here for a little bit as well. So my dad moved the family down here for a few years. We lived down here, but I wasn't surfing then, so it must have been just before I was about six. Yeah. Anyway, then we moved back to young. Perth. So I would have been – I've got memories of down here from when I was really young. And then um, I, I would say it would be around like 10 years old mm-hmm. and it was probably early, early memories would be, you know, early memories would be 10 years old, 10 foot – 10 when I was 10 or 12 – 
like I'd gotten enough ability by then. I was like going across green face, doing cutties, little snaps off the limb yeah. and stuff, right? But I feel like I've always had something that's been like, woo, let's just fucking go, right? Yeah. And so, but dad knew that, but I also was scared because I was a little yeah. girl and a little kid and like- Oh, I was you were too- scared. I was. Yeah. And I still am now. But dad was, dad is responsible for 100% for pushing me to that sort of next level. I would be 10 or 12 years old and it would be 10 to 12 foot main break and he would take me out there <laughs> and I would push Jeez, me dad. in. And I would be like semi-crying like, I don't really want this. God. <laughs> And he would be like, you fucking want it. <laughs> you will go. And wow. I would be like, no. Wow. My, but, da- my dad was the same and I put, I went the other way. Yeah. I serve tiny ways now. But go on, <laughs> But you know, this is a funny thing, you know, because I look back to those times. Thanks, like and now I, I love what I do and I love – I actually well, – I, I actually – I really love big wave surfing. Like I really do. And I – I don't know. Is that because of dad? A hundred percent. He's responsible for so much of my career. So if he didn't push you into all those waves, do you think you would have went down the big wave surfing path? I don't know. It's a good yeah. question and I yeah. often think about that myself too. Yeah. And I did a lot of questioning over the last sort of five years, even 10, to why. Mm. But I think, yeah, I think he's totally responsible for shaping me into the surfer and person yeah. that I am today well, in, in yeah. lots of different elements. but. Uh, I like to think about oh, what would have happened if he didn't push me mm. that hard. Would I have still gone that way? I think, but um, the thing is, even though he pushed me hard and he did push me real hard, if I didn't want it, I wouldn't have done it. And I still kept coming back, no matter how hard I got pushed. You know, I just think it was just something inside of me that I just really wanted to do. Um, but anyway, so I, I loved surfing big waves since I was little because I did have that great adrenaline rush. You know, where it took off, and I remember. Like back then, I'd be the only girl in that lineup. Like especially out at main break, there's a sea of like hardened Aussie men yeah. out in the lineup. Yeah, tradies. Well, eight zeros. Yep, <laughs> they're ten O's. They're twelve O's. Yeah. Eight zeros, ten O's. But they're such good legends. Like all those guys were so supportive, always looking out for me. I'd take off. Dad pushed me in, and like you know, uh, if I didn't make the takeoff, those boys would be right there. Like you right, Grummy? I'd be like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> but they always looking out for me and like now it's cool to like go surf with them still today. They're all still surfing, which is super yeah. inspiring. Like some of them are like in their seventies and still out there, which is really cool. Like I hope I'm doing that when I'm seventy. So yeah. So you know, with contest surfing, you know, as you're young, um, when did you sort of stop? Like I mean, is big wave surfing contests something that you would like to do or have done? Or, have done. You have done. Yeah, yeah currently second you did. in the yeah. world uh, on the second, WSL yeah. rankings because they don't big run them. World tour. They don't run them very often. That's hard to keep <laughs> up. Well, that that's that's part of the, the questioning line that we need to speak to Flick. So obviously, being involved with the WSL now, has there been any talk about the big wave world tour sort of kicking back off that you can reveal? Well. The reason it hasn't ran the last two years is to run one of those events, you need good surf for one full day. $10 million. (laughs) You know, we had a good run of events in a row. So I've competed in three Jaws events. Now, first one, we had the first ever um, women's sanctioned WSL event in 2016, I want to say. Yep. Have they been mixed um, prior? Like, the, has the Jaws event been mixed, both men and women? 
No. It's always been, yeah, okay. No, never been mixed. Um, but the first ever one was in 2016. I got an invite to that. Actually, I was in an alternate and then I ended up getting an invite. Finished third, came back the next year. Um, Stop right there. Yes. Stop right there. That that day at Jaws was historic in terms of um, just being fucking huge mm. and the biggest biggest waves ever for a, uh, a women's surfing event, right? Mm. Was that that year or was it the next year maybe? I think you might be thinking about the year when KK absolutely sent it, got two wipeout, like two psycho wipeouts, and the women were out first in the morning. It was actually when the swell was peaking the biggest yeah, ever. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. year I was actually injured and I wasn't right. there that year. Now, that year was pretty crazy. Um, there was a lot – the thing that happens with Jaws, right, is it's just – it's so hard to get a full day of competition with light winds when yeah, it isn't going to get so dangerous. Giant. It's yeah. It's so gnarly. Like yeah. I can't – it is so – like there's so much risk associated with it and I think it's really hard to find a full day of competition. Like the last two years obviously it hasn't happened, right? <laughs> but the three years before that it did. And um, there's a lot going on, uh, like a lot of stuff that I probably can't even speak about as well, so I'm not going to. But I I I really th- I believe in big wave surfing and I think it's one of the most relatable exciting things to mm, watch. Yeah. And I think there is you know that there's room for it. I I think more there's so much room for it. Oh, um, it's I'm the best. It's super Seriously. passionate about it. Like I for me personally, this is my personal thing is that I can look at shortboarding and or just anyone can look at shortboarding and it's three turns to the beach, right? Mm. Sick surfing, but like obviously we know what we're looking at. But the average person watching that is not going to have any idea mm. between what three turns to the beach are and someone going straight along a wave and doing a lip line at the end. Whereas someone who looks at a big fucking wave is going to be like, <laughs> whoa, that's so big. Like, that wow, I can't believe that's crazy. Yeah. Look how it's like there's this relatableness to it yeah. that is what's well, not relatable, but it's like, you resonate with that yeah. because everyone can look at that. And exactly. 100% because it's so mental. Yeah. Non-surfers can resonate with big Mm-mm-mm. waves. I mean, yes. look at the Eddie Aikau, how yeah. viral that went, yeah. that contest went. Yes. And you were in Hawaii then, right? Yeah. Yeah, I actually surfed that day actually. Where did you surf that day? We know you, we know you surf. Don't tell us the location. I, I think, I think no we all way. know it. No, but I did. I surfed an outer reef. Yeah. Um, I'm not – I wasn't – an invitee or a um, alternate or anything, and so I was like, okay, well, I may as well just go surf. <laughs> Have you surfed Waimea? Yeah, bunch of times. Because the takeoff looks like hard, you know, like the if you're not depending on what side of the boil you're on. Like, yeah. this, I'm just thinking what Ant Man was describing it. It it looks difficult, and I would say it'd be difficult, more difficult on, on your, your backhand. backhand. Yeah, hundred percent. I've surfed out there a bunch of times, and what Ant Man's saying is true. Pe- don't sleep on Waimea. Mm. It is. People like now, you know, we've got these outer reefs, we've got Jaws, there's Mavericks, there's Nazare, Paddle, like, and that's all really gnarly. But, man, like, I mean, we saw the waves that came through at the eddy, like, they were pretty nuts. <laughs> and if you are on the wrong side of that bubble when you take off, man, it just launches. It sucks up so fast. And yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a real legend, bowly. Right? And it, you know what it is? It's a, it's so scooped out and bowly that you can't ride too big a board out there as well. That's what I've really started to notice. 
in like especially over the last winter when I was there, um, you got guys like a lot of guys riding like shorter sort of boards out there, like nine six, nine eight these days, because it fits into the scoop of the wave better. Yeah. You don't want to be riding something that I mean, obviously guys did back then, but like now as the surf as the sport progresses, you want to be riding a shorter board because it fits in the scoop of the wave yeah. because it jacks up, but it's got so much of a scoop to it mm. that you really want to be on a shorter board. But yeah, um I had a hell wipe out there uh this last winter actually. I got hog tied. Um, with my leg rope, oh. my twelve foot leash around my legs, and then Oof. the force of the wave put. Yeah, I feel like that's got something to do with my knee injury. Anyway, that's a very long story, but yes, got hog tied out there, major hold down. I've actually had one of the worst hold downs of my life out at Waimea. I was sixteen oh. years old. Ooh. One of my, oh, what was I sixteen, seventeen? Um, like maybe fourth trip to Taiwan. That's uh, young. To Hawaii, um, paddled out Waimea, and. I was actually writing, um, do you know Reynos Haynes? He's like- Sure do. Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know, no, I don't of, know him. of him. Um, so he, uh, working with Bill Long at the time, I was sponsored by Bill Long. He brought me out there and a bunch of other girls. Anyway, I was having a real good crack, caught a couple of waves. I was riding one of his boards. It was like a 9.8, I think it was. That's anyway, a big For 7.16. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and I was like, yeah, caught a good few waves. I'm going to come in now. I tried, The set came through. Small one first. I tried to paddle for it, took off, and then, like, I think I got caught up in the lip or something. Anyway, got absolutely detonated, like, so psycho. Mm. And um, I actually hit the bottom at YMA. The board snapped. So the board snapped, which is the reason why I think I hit the bottom because there was no flo- – and I wasn't obviously wearing flotation. Flotation wasn't really around back then yep. either. And um, no flotation, board snapped, drilled so low that I hit the bottom, got concussed, came up. Um, yeah, really, really gnarly wipeout. And this is before there was a lot of information about concussions and things like mm, that. Mm. Um, no, no helmet, obviously. No helmet. No, yep. no, no. No helmet. Um, but I remember hitting the bottom and coming up and being so out of it. And then my team, Billabong team manager at the time who was out there as well, not Rain or separate guy, uh, came up to me and paddled me in. And then I, anyway, long story short, not that much research done around concussions. I just went surfing that afternoon but like so stupid like again looking, yeah, yeah again wow. but yeah. just so like sick dizzy yeah. bleh, obviously concussed anyway we're more educated these days we are tyron knows all about concussion don't you mate you're a tyron's a safety guy um yeah a little I, bit i personally well i yeah. think i've had concussion but yeah well you probably know more than than the average person there's a lot of sports of now um yeah, talking about a lot more and mm. taking more care of their, mm. of their athletes and stuff. So look after your noggins, people. Mm. Yeah, it's, certainly, it's certainly something that can affect your mental health exactly. as well. So, yeah, if you do need to speak to someone, if you're not feeling 100% in any aspect of your life, just have a chat with your mate or reach out to any of the support services that are available. Now, I do want to get back to that day, the Eddie Icao. Um now, there's been a few photos and a couple of stories out there about that day with you and your mate. Um, take us through from the very moment that you sort of decided that you were going to do it. Uh, so, I went to Hawaii for December, January, February with the biggest mission ever and I was so determined, super, super fit and I was working really closely and staying with Jamie Mitchell uh, he has been like amazing for me, been a mentor for me and just a really good guy to have around, Classic, yeah. super knowledgeable, obviously 
done the Molokai multiple times, yeah. won multiple times, amazing big wave surfer, so much ocean knowledge and an amazing athlete. It's been in WA uh, recently, yes. huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, mm. yeah. So cool to like have him and his family over here in the yeah. Grommies and hang out yeah. with them. And yeah, I just, I really like that family so much. They're just, they're awesome people. So um, I was feeling really good and yeah, I, I my thing was like any big swell, I'm going. Mm. Um, obviously checking in with my body, saying how am I feeling, but I, you know, I actually at this point I had a busted knee, so I'd come back from Todos Santos, mm. and um, then the yeah I think a week or two later the Eddie got called on, and um, I was like radio, well um, <laughs> yeah. Was that you getting absolutely lit up? No, so I actually for context here, people, we're watching. Oh, sorry, a reel. yeah. We're just watching a reel on Instagram. I thought that might be your No, so if you could play from the start of the reel, see the person paddling over in the top right-hand corner. There. Oh, that's you there. Yes. Okay, gotcha. That's me. But I copped the biggest set of my life like that, possibly bigger. Um, I'll take you through the whole story anyway. uh, Tell tell us about So you're over there. You're with the Mitchells. You've got your plan to hit it up. Yep. Uh, but at this point, I actually had a busted knee. So I tore my MCL oh, at Todos, came back, had a pretty good brace. Um, spent a lot. Of, I had a lot of good people around me anyway um, that were giving a lot of advice and support and stuff and had a bunch of rehab done up in California, a bunch of things done to my knee. I was like, whatever, if it's this big, I can't. This is like the day of days you can't mm. not surf. And um, <laughs> it's worth – risking re-injuring my knee yeah. because I could get the wave of my life and yeah. I get to say that I surfed on the Eddie swell, which is pretty – these swells don't come around it's that history, much. It's isn't like it? history, isn't really special. Um, and just to witness water like that move is pretty incredible. Anyway, so get back to Hawaii on the forecast, swell pops up. Jamie's obviously in the Eddie. Mm. And um, we've got another mate who was in Todos with us, Jojo Roper. And um, – Jojo was not in the eddy but wants to get invited to it. But he's like, Flick, I'm flying over from California to Hawaii. I'm going to surf YMA. I'm going to, we're going to launch, um, Jamie has a ski. I'm going to launch Jamie's ski. We've got a mate, Nick, who's going to run safety for us. Um, you and Laura, so Laura Innova, um, you drive to this other destination where this other outside reef is. Mm. You park up. I'm going to fang out on the ski. I'm going to catch one wave at YMA in the morning. Because he wants to get an invite into the eddy, so the only way you do that is prove yourself. You got to catch a wave. He wants to catch a wave. Look at me on this wave, everybody! Oh, <laughs> 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 you people! <laughs> yeah, but yeah, absolute legend. Got a sick one that morning. If you look it yeah. up on his gram, you'll see it. Classic. Um, and so yeah, then he's like, "We're going to cruise on over to this outside reef. You guys pop out on the beach." So anyway, Laura and I like get in the car. It's like five a.m. in the morning, and like. <laughs> you never seen anything like it for a surf. I've never, ever seen mm. people like this for a surf contest. It is crazy. Mm. It's just like there's like 40,000 people on the beach at Waimea watching this contest. Wow. And people like camping and stuff overnight, Yes, right? yes, yes. Yeah. But like mm. 5 o'clock, 4.30 in the morning, all these crew are like walking on the cam highway and it's like chockers. Laura God. and I are like, oh, my God, we're not even – we're going to miss our surf. We didn't mm. even think – we were literally travelling like – Probably 10 kilometers, not even that, in a car. But it will literally, I was freaking out thinking that we're going to miss the surf because I was like, it's 4.30 a.m. in the morning and we're not even going to make it to like the location of where we're going to get picked up on the ski from Jojo and Nick. Anyway, we did make it. It's like 7 a.m. by this time. We've made it around the other side of Waimea and um, yeah, 
we um, start suiting up. It's so funny because I've known Laura for a really long time. Uh, we both surfed in Billabong together and then I've just known her from competing. Like we've both done the qualifying series together, been on world tour together and I just have a good relationship with her and we're also very similar in the fact that we don't take ourselves too seriously. So we have a lot of fun. Anyway, so two blonde Aussies like suiting up, inflation, flotation, um, boards, like I've got my pink board. She's got her pastel yellow board and we just like <laughs> trot on out like, woohoo, let's go. Um, and then uh, Jojo sends me a message because he's got his phone on the screen. He's like, Flick, I'm watching it right now. There's some crazy ones coming through and I'm like, holy shit. And um, so anyway, he comes in and he picks us up. We punch it back. He takes ferries myself out first and then he comes back in and gets Laura. Mm. He dropped me out and he said, Flick, I don't think you should watch it for too long. I think you should just fuck, I think you should just paddle out there. Just hit it. Because Jeez. if you watch it for too long, you probably won't want to catch one. Yeah. He's like, I just saw the I just saw the horizon go black. Oh, and I was like, what do you mean go Jesus black? Jesus Christ. And um anyway, I've never oh, heard that. Sounds like my worst Man, oh, I tell you, I've never seen water move like this. Were you shitting yourself or, or? borderline, yes, but also so excited. But the yeah. thing was is that I was already injured. So I was really hesitant Man, because I hadn't caught a wave a on my knee over your head. Mm. since I tore my MCL. Oh, that's that's heavy. But then I was like, this is just like everything I've worked towards mm. and prepped for because mm. I'd prepped for Hawaii for months and I said to you, I'd done all the work to get there mentally, physically, emotionally, blah, 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 blah. And so I was like, I just can't miss it. Anyway, and um, yeah, this – we. Laura and I both started off pretty wide. We we're like, let's just wait and watch a few sets come through. So how many crew are out there? Mm, like twenty. Yeah, okay, it's a fair few. Yeah, but it's such a big lineup, right? And this wave is just like a real down the line wave. It's not like mm. a big a frame wave. It's almost like a point break, yeah. Just oh, I don't even know how. Reels to, along. I'm trying to think of a wave that it's like similar. Pengo like, bummy. You know what? Yeah, it um is this crazy down the line waves barrel basically yeah, yeah, got a few different takeoff points. Wide. You can take off really deep, yeah. which I was not keen to do because you have so um our guy who was running safety for us, he actually paddled out first. So Jojo had two boards. Jojo was running safety first because we didn't want to go. Fuck, you're not going to go out there without safety. Anyway, so. Um, Jojo was on the ski first. Nick went over and tried to catch a couple. He tried to sit deep and play cat and mouse because the best ones do come from deep, right? Yeah. They hit the reef the best and – but he just got cleaned up twice. Cat, he cat, used all his cat and mouse when it's 20 foot, it's a different thing. Yeah. Though, right? He used all his oxygen canisters, so had oh, none left. No. Then he was like, well, I'm done now. That yep. was half an hour. Yep. Like, just fucking Fuck. done. And your, your nervous system shot. CO2, yeah. bleh, you just would have been absolutely <laughs> cooked, right? Yep. So he was like, I'm happy to just run safety for the rest of the day. You guys go. Anyway, <laughs> and so JoJo's sitting out there. JoJo's actually injured from Todos as well, same swell that I got injured on. Anyway, so we're both sitting out there and like watching it. Laura and I were like, oh, great. Like there's these few sets coming through. Anyway, uh, so this set comes through, big one. And Laura and I are like scratching out over it. And then all of a sudden we're in the same position. We're in the position for it. Laura turns and goes. Mm. And I'm like, holy shit, she just went a bomb. And the next one though. Did she make that one? 
She didn't make yeah. it. She got to the bottom though, which is wow. pretty sick. Yeah, pretty sick. They, yeah. Were call- they were calling that wave one of the biggest. Well, probably the the biggest paddled yeah. wave. Some um, people are saying for sure, which yeah, is pretty yeah. exciting. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Mm. Then she got lit up on the inside. I think. Fuck. Is that yeah. right? Oh, so it's, this is so funny, right? Yeah. So she takes off. Um, makes it to the bottom, gets lit up, and then the next one, I'm scratching, I'm scratching, I'm scratching, I'm scratching. I wonder if I have this photo. It's, like, so crazy. I, like, make it to the very top. Do I have it? Oh, <laughs> that's me there, scratching. Okay, I don't. I, don't, I haven't posted this photo, so sorry for everyone listening, but they're not going to be able to see it. But anyway, that's me scratching. I don't make it over that. I do not make it. Can you send that to me for a promo for this episode? Or, or oh, not? my good God. Actually, no, I did make it. That was the first one I did make. All right. Okay, well. sorry, people. Anyway, <laughs> this is just getting confusing now. Anyway, first wave comes through. I just scratch over it. Second one comes through. I'm like, fuck, I'm not going to make this. Yeah. I'm just going to have to fucking bail. And I'm yeah. like right in the apex of it. Top yeah. to bottom, 25 foot. Yeah. Big, 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 big. And I'm like, this is not where I want to be. This is not <laughs> where I want to be. Like just mm. so terrible. Yeah. So <laughs> terrible. Here we go. I'll send you that. Holy that, shit. See the pink board? Oh, my that God. One. Jesus. Oh, fuck. And then I was like, uh-oh. And as you naturally Whose think. Whose board's at the top there? I don't know who the yellow one is. Yeah. So, but um, the pink Someone one else with in, the maniac barrel, <laughs> in the barrel. In the barrel is me wow. trying to swim through. That's amazing. And, um, Can I just have a look quick? Yep, go for it. So I'm trying to swim through this bloody wave anyway, get sucked up over, Yeah. straight away pull both of my canisters because I, I learned a really hard lesson in Toto Santos. Um, I had a really, really, really bad wipeout there, really, really, really long hold down, almost yeah. a two-wave hold down. It was because ego got in the way and I'd been doing so much training and whatever prepping for winter that I was like, I'm just going to see how long I can be down here for, da, 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 da. don't pull a canister. And all of a sudden I was like, fuck, I've been under for ages. And I tried to pull a canister and I was so deep. That do, some- do you count when you're down? No, I don't count. No, so you just know when to pull now. I just don't take a chance. So what happened in Todos to me is I was down for so long, I pulled and mm. it didn't do anything. And I was like, Fuck. "What do you mean?" So I pulled my it out. Didn't shoot it just your- it obviously expanded the vest? Yeah, but it wasn't really doing taking me to the surface. And I'd already Fuck. been under for a really long time. So the guys who were running safety for us, Hargraves and um, down in Todos Santos, I forget the other um, Cox yeah. Hargraves and Cox, they were like. That was one of the worst wipeouts we've ever seen at Todos. Wow. Like hold down, sorry, one of the worst hold downs. Um, so anyway, long story. Mm. I was down there, pulled. Um, it didn't really do much mm. getting me to the surface. I'd already yeah. been down, and I, I was busting, and I was super fit at the time. Yeah. Um, and then I pulled again, and finally I started getting shot to the surface. But the guys reckon they came in to get me once, yeah. and then they had to get out of the way because another wave came through, and then mm. they just saw my board tombstoning, and they're like, "Fuck, do we just?" Start pulling her up by her leggy. Yeah. And I was under for Fuck. super long. The That's whole thing. Heavy. Um, anyway, really mm. bad. But they just said, why the hell did you not pull? Yeah. There's no – and this is the thing, the biggest thing I've learned, like a lot of – well, one of the biggest things is like you don't need to be a freaking hero. Like yeah. you don't need to be like, oh, my God, I've got a really good breath holder. I don't need to pull my oxygen canister. Like why wouldn't you? Yeah. Because yeah. it's 10 bucks. It potentially – can save who knows what happens you yeah. might get your you might get a head knock yeah and exactly. then you just pull exactly who knows just pull it for what like and so from uh, um i remember i was with ian walsh because he came over to todos and he he said it to me he's like don't ever do that again he's just like just pull that's what it's there for so straight away is that what he, what the advice like was? if you're under and you know it's a pretty gnarly yeah one, just pull yeah 
Why would you not? No, it's just yeah. stupid. You're going to have canisters in, in the um, jet ski. And it's not like I'm not prepared. I'm not one of those people rocking up with no mental, physical, emotional, everything sort of prep that I, I'm as prepped as you can be. Yeah, yeah, I'm not just rocking up, putting on flotation and expecting that to save my life. Yeah. This is an extra thing mm. that is there to aid me in my performance. Sure. Why wouldn't I? Mm. Why wouldn't I use it? Yeah, and exactly. it's, yeah. Could be the thing that is the very thing between life and death. I just think safety is Ten everything, bucks. and yeah. it's just stupid yeah. if you yeah. are playing. Like, I, 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 anyway. So that's my thoughts on it now. Anyway, so is there some sort of thing, some sort of um, not thinking, but like say ego. Is there some sort of thing with big wave riders that oh, I want to survive this without that? Is that is that what you're sort of saying or? Oh, I just thought that I'd just done so much training. I was like, oh, I don't, I'll just see how long I can go down for and I'll be all right. But, you know, you got such a heightened heart rate. A breath hold with a heightened heart rate is extremely hard. It's like running on a treadmill at a 12-speed mm. uphill um, and holding your breath. It's incredibly difficult. Do you have so, a little, little place you go to when, you, when you're down there? Yeah, for sure. But that's something that I've worked on for years as well. Mm. Like, yeah. So, it, like a positive sort of thing. Um, but... It's not all. It's it's a hard thing to do. Mm. Uh, but um, anyway, so back to yeah uh, the Eddie Swell. Uh, we're out there, and obviously I pulled straight away, getting lit up in the barrel, getting fun- pulled over with the lip, slammed on the bottom. Like anyway, pulled both uh, my canisters, came up. I've been under for ages, but my I've started doing this thing where I come up and I laugh as long as I'm not like severely hurt or whatever. It's just like a laughing thing because it just takes the edge off. Like ha ha. And Laura was right next to me because she'd taken off on the wave before and she got lit up as well. And so we were both there laughing at each other, fully inflated, like this is hilarious. And then the next wave, oh, my good God. I can't believe you call it hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, I'm doing the recovery breath. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it was so funny, man. Like we just looked at each other and it's like, well, you can't change the situation. And that back to the thing I said before is that we both have the personality of not taking ourselves too seriously, mm. just coming at it from a soft perspective and like this is fun, like this is what we want to do. Do we really want to do this? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. Hey, where hey, where <laughs> was your, your breeding ground? Was it the Margaret River reef breaks that you sort of yeah, honed, honed in yeah. on your big 100%, wave? 100%, yeah. yeah. Main break, a couple of the bombies, a couple of the more outer bombies. And it sounds like um, uh, you started going to Hawaii pretty pretty young, eh? Like you said, yeah, 16, 17. Went when I was 15 or 16. Yep. So I've been going for over 15 years now. And you mentioned um, before, oh, shit, my name just lost me, the guy, um, Molokai. Jamie Mitchell. Jamie Mitchell as a bit of a mentor. Mm. Was there any other, um, like especially women, any um, sort of uh, mentors in, in big wide surfing um Mm. That you sort it, of it, encountered Western Australia, yes, well, bo- yeah, both Western, well, just globally, globally. Um, well, West Oz, I would have to say, Ant Man. I think he's Classic. responsible for yeah. Paul Patterson is responsible for me doing a pivot from competitive shortboarding to that's awesome chasing to hear. big waves. Yeah, uh, I took a year off in to th- uh, when I was twenty five. So since I started competing when I was twelve. Competing every weekend, pro juniors, you know, multiple state champion, like mo- multiple state titles, Australian title, pro junior wins, QS wins, qualify for the CT, burnout. Anyway, plus coinciding with family shit. And how many state titles have you won, T-Bone? 
Neil, mate. Neil. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Neil too. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about Aussie titles, mate? Neil. Neil. Yeah, I'm on Neil too. <laughs> <laughs> Came fourth but, in yelling out board riders. Yes, yeah, my great. man. Yes, my man. Anyway, Excellent. that was pretty solid car park too. So, did the whole job or anything. Then I just burn out at 25 plus co- coinciding with family stuff and I was like, what am I doing? A lot of questioning going on, a lot of like, why am I doing this? Why am I traveling halfway around the world to surf waves that are worse than where I have come from, i.e. Margaret River? Mm. Um, the Indonesian scenario. Yeah, 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 like that. And so I took a year off and was living on the Gold Coast at the time and sort of Ant-Man and I had always like, he's just always been a good like sort of role model figure and I think he still is that for a lot of people yeah, now, yeah. especially a lot of Western Australian like younger surfers. Um, and he was like, what are you doing, you know, like – why, what are you, why are you not competing? Like, mm. what are you doing? You're good. Like, <laughs> just don't get it. Mm. And he's like, Flick, I reckon you'd really like surfing big waves. I know you love it when it gets big, like 10 foot big. Mm. Um, I think, though, you'd really enjoy towing into some cow bomby. <laughs> and I was like. Of course you'd love that. Would I really now? And he was like, yep, I reckon you would. Next swell, we'll ease you into it. Like, whatever, let, let's go. And, um, yeah, about a month later, I got an email, ding, and, uh, I, you know, surf forecasting, the um, how it works, you know, a week out, everyone's talking about this swell. And I was like, fuck, surely Ant-Man's not going to message me about this. This is ginormous. And sure enough, he <laughs> did. And then oh, wow. 48 hours later, I was heading to Western Australia, back yeah. home. Yeah. Um, he's like, i got everything set up for you. You just got to find yourself a tow board. I did. Mm. Um, borrowed James Billy Watson's tow board who's massive compared to me, so it was, like, really heavy. Anyway, um, yeah, jumped out at Cow Bommie and caught a few and that's when I was like, nah, this is it. This is where it's at. This is fun. This. Me likey. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so I – but then since then, like, even from that moment, I feel like he's just been this sounding board for me uh, to go back to, to talk big waves. Um, The first time I went to Jaws, I – talk to him a lot about mm. that what mm. it's like even going to, back to hawaii boards fin setups obviously mm. different sort of stuff and yeah um i also worked with his brother jake a bit so at this around this time once i yeah i was still sort of competing on the qs and i got was coaching with jake so it was a funny thing you know coaching with coaching with jake and the then also pals. yeah but it was good it. it was i, I ant man's given a lot of good advice to me over the years so yeah, it's very nice. Oh, massive shout out to Ant Man. He just he just just influences so many people in such a massively positive way. It's um yeah. How frothing was he? Good on you, the Eddie. Good on you, Pato. Because he gave us gave ads a call actually when the Eddie was on. He mm. just wanted to come into the podcast and oh, talk about the Eddie. So sick, man! It, it, what a cool legend! <laughs> it's infectious. It, it was seriously. Like, I need to, I need to talk about this. I need to talk about oh. this to somebody. <laughs> You guys are the closest. Let's just do a podcast right now. So we said, fucking Epic. oath, mate. Yeah, Epic. so we did. So if you haven't listened to that, check out episode. It's probably, what is it, middle January, late January yeah, or something yeah. with uh, Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's Ant-Man like throffs January out. second or 21st. Ant-Man throffs out. It was literally released a couple know, of days after the Yeti. So yeah, check that out if you haven't seen it. It was a great one. Yeah. Oh, Epic. Um, now... I just interrupted your train of thought, didn't I? I, was, I don't know. No, you were saying about Ant-Man. Um, no, I think I, I was wrapping it up. But I was saying that up. he was uh, 
super influential, I guess. And uh, that that was the pivot. I can't remember what the question was, but I'm pretty sure yeah, it was like, okay, why I, the pivot. I guess um, Ant-Man was an inspiration. What about um, oh, any, yeah. any women, any, yep. any big wave women's? Uh, uh, surfers that you've been inspired 100% by. One hundred percent, KK Kiala. She's she, yeah, she's because they feel like went to the you know she's mental, mental, but also man, so uh, iconic. Yeah, because she is someone that I looked up for for years. I had posters mm. on my wall of the Billabong team. I wanted mm. to be on Billabong. It was above my bed and she was on the poster and, you know, she was on World Tour. She finished runner-up in the world before um, multiple times and I just looked up to her. I loved how much she just had a dig at anything she had the chance and, yeah, I, I, I KK always been a big inspiration. Then I think Lane inspiration as yeah, well. Just cool. being a grommy and being, so, yeah. you know, when Lane was in her era of dating Ken Bradshaw. Uh, oh and yes, yes. I was going to ask then, you about Kenny Bradshaw in her Ken Bradshaw era. Mm. Um, and she was getting pushed in that era to like take off some bombs, yeah. and some big waves. Um, she did do a bit of that, didn't she? Yeah, she did. She did. She did. So um, I have a funny story around that, but uh. She so Lane used to hold the record for the biggest wave surf by an Aussie female. Right. Right. And when I was twelve, I met where Lane. Where was it? That I don't know where it was actually. Yeah. Good question. Probably mm. in Hawaii somewhere yeah, when she yeah. was with Ken and towing and stuff. Ken pretty whipped her in something. Um but so I met Lane when I was twelve, Margaret River Pro days. Um dad was like, Go say hello to her and I was a grummy, like, <laughs> oh my god, I can't possibly do that. <laughs> and um I had a poster with her on it surfing and ran up to her finally, got the courage and was like, Can you please learn this? <laughs> and she was like, Of course. And she No, I can't, Grummet, get away from me. Yeah, yeah. No famous and important. <laughs> no, but she was so good and she was like, Yeah, of course. So she signed it. She said, set your goals, live your dreams, Lane Beachley. Wow. And it's I got it framed. It sat on my bedside table until I was 18 years old. Nice. Good still have that frame to today. Wow. Anyway, cow bomby story. Yeah. I went out there just to surf a few waves. Images started circulating. Is this the biggest wave surfed by an Aussie female? And I was like, ooh, am I about to break me ooh. bloody idols record here? <laughs> <laughs> and... um. So what ended up happening, it was just a bit of like, is this it? Da, da, da. My manager at the time ended up calling up Lane and being like, hey, Lane, can you confirm or deny? Do you think <laughs> this is bigger than your wife? Deny, 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 deny. <laughs> <laughs> but she did. She was like, no, nah, that's way bigger. <laughs> so it was a cool moment wow. because obviously she sat on my bedside table for 18 no years. No way. Being like, set your goals, live your that's- dreams. And then all of a sudden, radical moment. Pretty wow. cool. Um, do you have any... More goals, more dreams. One hundred percent. Yep. Uh, I. You seem really passionate about big wave surfing. Is that your main yep. goal? Yep. One hundred percent. I reckon you're animated anyway, but you're animated, like, especially animated about big wave surfing. I am animated. I do like talking about the surfboard riding. Um, <laughs> we love to hear it, by the way. I um. Hopefully. So, I'll what are your it. dreams and goals, Felicity Palmetti? Felicity. Uh, dreams and goals. So. Go short term. It, um, you, you still want to obviously you still want to chase big wave surfing. Is that your main drive? Yeah, main drive. Main drive is big wave. Um, there's definitely spots that I want to surf that I haven't surfed yet. I want to have a crack at the right. I want. It's going to be tricky on my backhand, but we'll have a crack. Let's speak to Shannon Worrell. Well, surely that, you uh, all, Kirby does all right out there on his backhand. So 
Yeah, Shannon asked you about you today, so I think he's got you in mind to take down there for a trip. Oh yay! No, <laughs> no, he does. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'd be, I'm keen as a bean, um, keen as a flicky bean. Anyway, so yep, love to have a crack at the right. Love to have a crack at Nazare. I want to tow there. Wow. I want to catch a really big yeah. wave there. I'm on my forehand. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the waves that I surf, big wave, I paddle a lot. I want yeah. to dabble more in tow. Right. I was going to um, ask you that. I, because yeah. my, my, like, do you I, have a preference or just, it, they're both cool, but I yeah. really prefer paddling because yeah. I feel like there's this real element of me versus, not me versus C, but there's just a real waterman or water womanship that mm. comes into it yeah. when you are. Uh, out there, not assisted by a jet ski to get into a wave. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, there's jet ski safety there, which is great, but I really love the element of it comes down to me and my self-awareness in the lineup to when to go and when to not go. Yeah. Um, so I really would love to get barreled on my forehand at one of those outside reefs in Hawaii. Um, so that was next winter. I, um, I, It's all, yeah, I want to do that. There, there's just, And then I want to get a really big barrel at Chopu. We'd love to yes. see a big are you, um, what What's your schedule in town? Have you got some commentary gigs coming up with the Wazzle? Are you going to Tahiti? Yes, I'm going to Tahiti. Yes. yes. Mm. Hopefully get a code red. And oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm psyching for that. That'll be really without fun. Without putting any shade on the um, CT competitors, do you reckon if you – You kick their ass? Is that no, what you're no, asking? This is an honest question. If you – if someone said, oh, we've got Flick Palmatee here and uh, let's say, um, for argument's sake, uh, Good to say. I'm trying to think of who I could make. Well, let's say Betty Lou, just because she's Hawaiian. We love Betty Lou. She's a friend of the podcast. But just say Betty Lou withdrew and you you were there and they said, oh, hang on a minute, we need to award a wild card. How do you reckon you'd go? I wouldn't not have a crack. What are the sure. conditions? <laughs> give us the, the, give us right. the conditions, Nami. Right, so it is fairly sort of doable, Chopu, Tiapu. We're Tia looking at sort of six Eight foot West Bowl. No, 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 we're looking at, <laughs> looking at six foot, but sort of no. that little sucky on the inside, sort of six foot. So pretty challenging takeoff, but if you can make the takeoff, you're sort of guaranteed barrel. What do you reckon? Nah, those, those, those women are pretty bloody skilled these days and uh, I don't put enough time into uh, paddle slabby. That was diplomatic response. No, I right. really think that they really are amazing. Very, very they diplomatic. Are. However, if it came to code red swell and letting go of a rope. Yep. Hello, I'll be your person. Move over, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Move over, ladies. Eight, eight to ten foot West Bull. So we'd love to see you and Bronte out at Chopu on a in a contest. That would be a dream. Oh, Bronte would go amazing out there, wouldn't she? she that would be so dream. Good. Yeah, Bronte. That's a that's a point there. I've got to put the music on. Bronte speaks. And what about Jaybo? You heading to Jaybo? Have you been to Jeffrey's South Africa before? I've never been to South Africa before and wow. I'm not oh, going to J-Bay. Oh, Brew, okay. not going to South Africa. No. Um, the way I see it right now is obviously newbie and um, just taking whatever opportunities come to me. So, yeah, uh, um, Tahiti is going to be amazing. Super oh. excited about that. Uh, I love it there. Been a bunch of times and I can't wait to go back and really hoping for some big stuff. Um 
That's going to be a great contest because obviously it's the it's the the deal breaker oh, for yeah. some. Yeah, it's or, going to be people are going to be clinching left, right, and center. It's, hopefully, it's, it's going to be, be amazing. And I think it's going to be super exciting, both men and women. I reckon they're going to be clinching and clenching. To be perfectly honest, clinching and clenching. I just flipping back to the men's. Who's six, seven, eight, nine? On the rankings now, Nemo. Very good question. Too, I know mate. John is maybe. I thought that was seven. your role, mate. No, sorry, <laughs> mate. I was. Um, yeah, I think JJF is number seven. Jackie boy. God, it's going to be Number t- six. Now, what's the download with his knee? He he wasn't a hundred percent. It's supposed uh, to be Australian, MCL, surely. No, you, well, you want to go with the little with the ratings? No, no, you go. Tell us, tell us your insight there. Oh, uh, insight is um, I spoke to Jack. Quite a bit in El Salvador, and he reckons his knee's good. Really? Yep, knee's good, but he has an ankle thing going on from oh. the wave pool, which oh, was bummer. spoken about in commentary and stuff, so it's it's known. But he's got an ankle thing going on. It's feeling good, though. Mm. Um, but I, I'm, I I think the back end of this tour favours Jack. I really do. So Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah 100%. Back, we've got to back the local boy. <laughs> the thing is, though, that um, Felipe and Gabby and Ethan have obviously had good results mm. at J-Bay. So, it may come down to Chiop Pehuhu. Um, yeah, I know you're supposed to pronounce that differently these days. But no, I'm going to get a, need to get an education. I'm going to hit up Vahine Fierro uh, from Tahiti for nice, my education on how to say nice that. nice to have nice problem. friends, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I... Come on, Jackie. I reckon he can do it. He's, uh, you know, he's showing the world that he can win in any condition these days. Just got to get injury free, like the West Coast Eagles. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh my God. They were Shouldn't talk about enough. it. Hey, um, you did mention a little bit earlier that you've had some experience in television. Uh, are you happy to talk about the Survivor experience? Sure. How did that sort of come about? Uh, Once again, it might have been just just been someone ringing you up saying, "Hey." It was, let, let well, actually, it was a bit more unconventional. Producers okay. went into the DMs on the gram. The DMs? Yeah. So, right that does it. work. It does. <laughs> it does work. Yes. I, I've, I, I, I've been sliding to so many people's DMs and just <laughs> not getting any response at all. Anyway, go on. Yes, that is how it happened. So, producers slid into the DMs. I've played twice now. Uh, once in Australia, once in Samoa. Uh, the first time, yeah, producer slid in there and they said, have you ever thought about playing Survivor? And I said, you know what? Yes. Because ah, I have always wanted perfect. to do something like that. Classic. I never wanted to do a love show or anything like that. Yeah. But I always thought that Survivor would be freaking really cool. Anyway, went through the whole casting process and couldn't believe it when I actually got on it. I was like, holy shit, all right, buckle <laughs> up. Buckle <laughs> And um, yeah. Long story short, made it to the final, did 47 days without brushing my teeth, having a shower, washing my hair, sleeping in dirt. So that's 47 days. Wow. Yeah, like six or seven weeks or something Mm. that is. Who was in the final in that first year with you? uh, Two people, uh, George and Hayley. Hayley's from uh, South Australia. Hayley won. George. From Sydney, George politi- Bankstown. The political guy. Yeah, political operative. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Madman. What's love he, him. What's he like? Absolutely love him. Oh, I yeah. love them so much. Yeah, like yeah. Both, all those, some of those crew I have like lifelong friendships with. I, I, you know, you're out there and your job is to get to know these people. It's a game of relationships. It's a social it. experiment. Mm. And basically the better you know these people and the more you can form relationships with them, the better you're going to go on the game. Yeah. It's a social game. 
Yes, it's strategy, but it's very much social. Anyway, what usually takes five years takes five days out there. Yeah. You don't have to-do lists, responsibilities, cell phones. Like there's none of that shit going on. So you're just talking. It's just talking. And if you don't know that person's life story, you're doing it wrong. So you just inform this like incredible connection with them. Um, I got married recently at the beginning of this Congratulations. year. Congratulations. Thank you. And a bunch of them, like 20 of them came because I really consider – them some of my closest mates and like it's funny you know you go through this really weird effed up experience that only a handful of people can relate to and it is very crazy from living in the bush to sleeping in the dirt to watching the edit uh transpire on tv what did and didn't happen yeah and all those sort of things so when people get voted out um, and they feel like they're backstabbed, are they? Uh, do they shake hands at the end of the season? Or depends it, on is- how bad they got cooked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> depends in what way they got burnt. Who cooked you the last? Um- Haley in the first Hayley one. Haley cooked me because she knew. I don't know if anyone knows how Survivor works, but basically, at the end of the first one, there was three of us left: Haley, George, and myself. And we're in this final challenge. Yeah. Torture chamber style you challenge. Smoked endurance. George in the challenge. Sure. I did, but I'm up against a ballerina and yeah. someone who's about 10 kilos lighter than me. And it's a power to weight ratio thing. You're in this torture chamber standing on like five center diameter, diameter pegs oh. um, for five and a half hours in the desert. Eventually I collapsed, couldn't go any longer. And so now it's Haley's decision who she takes through to the final. Haley was never going to take me because I was too liked. She <laughs> knew, she knew, T Bone, that George would be not going to Disliked. get the votes from the yes. jury. So, mm. oh, full, dis- full disclosure, flick. I am a fucking reality TV oh, here junkie. Here we go. <laughs> no, seriously, I am. Bachelor, Survivor, love it. Race around the world, everything. My wife. Oh, are you watching George on? Uh, you're going to watch George on? Uh, he's on the Amazing Race. Is he okay? Oh. Is he? Sorry, Is he hanging up with? Uh, his sister. Okay. Yep. So yeah, I did. I did watch uh, both seasons. So yeah. Um, so that's that's why George wasn't. That's why Flick got the flick because. But, but George, what about heroes and villains? Because I actually tuned into that. Um, George. You got George knew out, that Flick was out. too powerful, so he got rid of her. Yeah. Did George get rid of you in the heroes and villains? Yeah, he did. How dare George. But I love him. But I how dare he. <laughs> Um, yeah, he no, he did. But I, I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. I don't know if it's even worth talking about this crap because it's like survivor related. But anyway. Um, a lot of people if, probably would like that. Damned if I do and damned if I don't. I had alliances on both sides. Merge came. If I went back with my original alliance, if I if I turned my back on my original alliance, I would have got cooked from them. It just depended where the numbers fell and from the information that I knew, which is perception is reality out there. Mm. I did the best I could with the decision, with yeah. the information I had. And um, there was also a bunch of stuff that I went on that didn't quite make it to air, mm. of course. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Is that is that something that sort of happens? Um, are you allowed to talk about this? Are you still in the contract? <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk about this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you fill in the blanks. Yeah. You know, there's, you mm. fill in the lines and mm. uh, it's reality TV. Let's just say we uh, film 24-7. Yeah. And the show is comprised of one hour episodes three times a week. I know. There's a lot that goes on. There's a lot that goes <laughs> that, on. That uh, doesn't make the screens. And there's 24 <laughs> people out there with 24 different realities. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's huge. Hey, um, uh, that's so classic. On a serious question, um, 
Because everyone um, is playing for a charity, right? Is it? Cause no, it's like, we are not good people like where, that. Where have We're you been? playing for cold hard that's, cash. That's celebrity survivor. So just remind that's, me. That's, I'm celebrity. Get me out oh, of sorry, No, I'm pretty sure sorry. celebrity survivor. That's celebrity. That I, we, no celebrity no? survivor in Australia just I've got my reality, um, reality shows mixed up. I thought you no, guys played for a charity. I'm talking American celebrity so you play, survivor. You play for cash at Survivor. You play for half a million dollars. Right. So, I'm wrong. Sorry. God yeah. damn it. Okay, that's a fair incentive, isn't it? Yeah. Run up, get anything, or just nah, mate. Just the just, winner. Uh, nothing. And the just remind me loss. the the Russian pole vaulter won yes, it. Yes, Liz Parnov. Yeah, she's Australian, mate. Yeah, she is. Sorry, Australian but she person. was. She came from Russia, yeah, but yeah. now she's yeah. yeah. in Australia. Good what's, human. What's Liz like? Absolute legend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We um we got along really well, and uh probably the athlete sporting background. Obviously West Aussie. She's West Aussie as well. Yeah. Yeah, really good chick. Best Aussie athlete. she won. Killing it on Survivor. Yeah. So, who didn't you like? Can you tell us? Yeah, there's a couple of people. <laughs> I... Was RCJ in, in yeah, your first season? A couple of years ago, man. Yeah, he was. He was in um, Champions V Contenders, Ross Jeez. Clark Jones. Had a bit of a nasty fall, that though. That ruined him, didn't it? For a long time. Yeah, he probably wouldn't have the same experience about Survivor Rods, what I did. <laughs> I think he might have sued them. Might sue the producers for the uh, injury and the um, income loss from. But that. That was a lot of years. That's just wasn't speculation. He? A lot of years injured. Mm, no comment. That's just hearing news. <laughs> no, I'm not asking you to comment on that flick. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's epic. So, um, you know. They they do tend to do little things like heroes, villains, and all the rest of it. Have you got any sort of upcoming opportunities with the Survivor franchise or any other reality TV? <laughs> any other reality TV stints? Uh, don't know, mate. If I did, I've probably signed an NDA. Um, no. Look. Oh, there's a couple on my radar. That's an non-disclosure agreement, if I'm not, not mistaken. So there could be some. I reckon it'd be, be cool um, a a, a women's um, a big wave documentary, um, bit similar to uh, what Matt Bromley and um, Kyle Lenny did and Nick Von Rob, just to follow the life of uh, um, you know a bunch of women surfing around the world. I'm not sure if that's a uh, an idea that's going around, but yeah, that'd be cool. T Bone, that'd be cool, mate. Get some backing. You're the man to get this started. Yeah, I got I got some seed capital for you. We'll get we'll get this underway. <laughs> No, that's that sounds epic. Um, now, one of the things that we do do on Barrel Surf Podcast. Have you ever listened to this? I want to say I have listened to one <laughs> episode. I'm not going to lie, but I, th- I think one episode a few years ago, okay, a couple of years ago, possibly. Oh, because we talked to you in the in the classic one year at the um, car park. In the, but in after the, this, yeah. I will listen to a couple, yeah. <laughs> not just my own. I, I never <laughs> listen to my own, but. I will listen to others. I will listen to Ant Man. I'm going to listen to the Eddie one. That's what I'm. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty that's sick. That's a classic. One of, one of the things we do is we have a segment called the Clive Palmer Cup, and that is for the biggest dickhead or otherwise in surfing or anywhere in the world. Now it can be a person, it can be a thing, it can be whatever you want it to be, and we don't expect you to have one straight up. But if you do have one. <laughs> I oh, know I have one from today driving up to Perth. Oh, yeah. But, I'm uh, sure you would, Namo. T-Bone, have you got any? Uh, Clive. Do you know oh. what? We're getting more and more sort of we don't really want to do Clive's, I reckon. So the other thing we do is the Steve Irwin salute, which is the big you beauty. Steve 
one's I have got a Clive. The you beauty too, whoever's done a terrific job in any sort of situation. What what's your Clive, Matt? Has Kelly really got an illness? Like I I, I would <laughs> I would have put I would have put my house on the line that I knew he wasn't gonna turn up for Brazil. <laughs> you and everybody else that gives a yeah. shit about surfing, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where was he? What illness? He doesn't like Brazil, clearly. So do you know do you know I who, was disappointed. I thought he was gonna go to every event. Do you know who's sitting in Marrakesh right now? Having a, a big fat hot one because he's so annoyed. He's Ramsey Bookham is just going, oh, Kelly, so unlucky. <laughs> so unlucky. I kill you. I could be in Brazil right now. Anyway, poor Blake. Has he got an illness? Have you heard? <laughs> I don't have anything <laughs> to tell mate. Illness. <laughs> illness. Come um, on. All right. So Kelly's given, uh, sorry, you're not Kelly. Tyron's given Kelly Slater the Clive Palmer Cup nomination. I reckon we're going to give it to him. He's, <laughs> sorry, Kelly. Mate, you won 11 world titles. You're the best of all time. Just, you know, I reckon after Tahiti, just nip it in the bud, mate. No, well, you've got the Olympics, mate. That's the that's the final hurrah, I think. He hasn't had an eight-point ride in four years, mate. You shouldn't be shouldn't be going to the Olympics. <laughs> harsh. You're going a bit harsh now. <laughs> no, it's true. It's 100%. Apart from barreling waves, he's not had a more than an eight-point ride in turning waves. This is your sort of In turn stats. waves, yeah. That, turn that waves, would yeah. be right yeah. because I think barrels. And also, what about when he won at pipe? We cannot forget. No. Yeah, barrels. No. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, he got like nines and tens and yeah. stuff. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I, I, mate, I'm just bringing this up because you talked about the the Clive Palmer for not going to Brazil. It's not my yeah, fault. Yeah, like he might have a genuine illness, but it's yeah, responsibility. It, it's hard to. <laughs> yeah, I won't say any more, but yeah. All right, I I'm reckon Flick Palmer, our guest for tonight, has got a Steve Irwin salute. I reckon he probably got a couple. I don't have a Steve Irwin. I just no. have a Clive. Oh, you got oh, a Clive? Fucking oh, no, I know that. Let's hear it. No, just uh, the ego in the surf. Drop it, people. Yes. <laughs> no, that sounds like I've got ego. No, um, I just don't appreciate the uh, hastiness and people just out there for the wrong reasons. Get back to a bit of the chill Have fun. people, please. Please. Oh, surfing. It's just, yeah, like, just wasn't. Why does it have to be aggressive? Isn't what yeah, it used exactly. to be. No, I don't know. Isn't what it so used cliche. to be. No, it's that's a good one. It's just uh, this morning's experience. Yeah, that just, uh, that particular stretch of reef that, that you and T-Bone um, went surfing, it's, uh, that's that's getting worse and, uh, and worse. But that what we got someone to salute. <laughs> um, I don't know, mate. That's all right. You don't have that yeah. one. Have you? I, did, I just threw in a hello. Kind of, I'm kind of caught from listening to Barrow's podcast. There's a bit of time there, so um, T-Bone. <laughs> Have you got a Steve Irwin? A Steve Irwin. A Steve Irwin. I should have a Steve Irwin. Um, mm, God, I did have one on the tip of my tongue and I've just lost it now, me. That's all right. If you haven't got one, you haven't got one. I have got a Steve Irwin and it goes out to Adam Simpson, the West Coast Eagles coach. That poor bloke is copying an absolute fucking hounding. What? Clearly, he's having a tough time. He's been his team's been beaten by 171 points <laughs> in a footy match, which has never happened before. 
And you know what? He's showing up at the press conferences. He's putting on a brave face. You, what else can you do? You know, you're going to fall on your sword or whatever. He's going. Yeah, that that I give that. I'll yeah. play that. That's he's uh he he's doesn't showing, have the he's showing some fucking ticker. They're That's all what injured, he's doing. So good on you, Adam Simpson. Mm. I uh, respect you immensely. You've taken West Coast to a grand final win and uh, having a tough time at the moment, but still sticking in there. And uh, yeah, good on you, Simpe. That's the first Steve Irwin memo. All right, so I think we're going to wrap this one up, Flick. It's been fucking awesome chat, seriously. Yeah, definitely. T-Bone, you got any last questions before we do? So, Well, we have plenty, right? But, I mean, how long have we been going for? This Flick probably needs to dr- drive back home. <laughs> yeah, she's got a life outside of this podcast. We don't, but she does. <laughs> no, we have a couple of standard questions, Flick, that we ask. Um, best surf trip ever. Hawaii this year. Hawaii. It sounds like your Hawaiian winter was pretty bloody good. The Northern Hemi winter was pretty yeah. uh, outstanding for a number of reasons. Mainly because I had two years off, pre like COVID, lost a sponsor, bunch of shit happening personally. And I just came back and this really was for me. No other bullshit. I put in a lot of time and effort into this and I saw a lot of I don't want to say results because that's not the right word, but a lot of things happen because of the energy I put into that. Mm. Progression. Yeah. 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 And I, I'm just proud of that. I really am. I think that was yeah, so got to be up there. But awesome. also just surf trips on the West Aussie coastline with my dad Yeah. when I was young. Some Good great times. memories there, I'm sure. Yeah. I've got a question. It's not one of the usual questions that we have, but – you were talking earlier about, uh, you know, the experiences and so forth that you've had with Laura Enova. Um What's she up to these days? Is she doing some more commentary? And what you guys are with the dynamic duo. your future plans with her? Because I know you've got some. Correct. You guys want to take over the goddamn world and big wave surfing, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You do. 100%, bro. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Aussie's taking over. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Smash uh, it out. We're both going to Tahiti. Yep. Commentary. Nice. Look out. It's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, So that's going to be a good time. And uh, I'd say look out in Hawaii because this northern hemisphere will ready. uh, Winter ain't ready for us. Wow. No, I I just think we're going to be going back this time a bit more educated, a bit more knowledge, and um, we're we're on the same path and uh, wavelength. And last year was just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, classic. Seriously, what a duo. I mean, it's the marketer's dream. It's a, it's a great duo. Big wave surfing. I'm loving it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, if, I, if, I had, if I was a surf company with trillions and billions of dollars, I don't think there is any more, but <laughs> I'd be throwing shepherds away. Great, tell them to <laughs> Throw it up, please. <laughs> hey, one thing I wanted to ask you before, what's your training regime? I mean, does it does it obviously changes if you're going to go up to the, the Northern Hemisphere winters? Mm-mm. What's your average week look like training-wise and how, does it, how much does it change when you're going into a, a sort of a season in Hawaii and stuff like that? Well, it tra- right now it's different because I'm, in, well, I'm coming back from injury. Yeah. If I look at a typical week prepping for, let's just, right now it's rehab, it's sauna, ice, it's contrast therapy, it's reprogramming my brain to not protect my injuries. It's a lot of neuromuscular stuff. Mm. Whereas when I'm prepping for a big wave winter, 
it's completely different. Um, you swim a lot? I So I've been working a lot with um, Joe Knight, who's from One Ocean International, Margaret River, um, watermanship, waterwomanship um, skills. And he's been a great mentor as well, which sort of has come on board for me for the last sort of one to two years. Done a lot of breath enhancement training with him, a lot of CO2 tolerance training, um, and just learned a lot of different breathing techniques and just re like especially mm. now it's been super uh, valuable just coming back from injury mm. a lot of just reprogramming of the brain um so that's been awesome but typical week leading up to why i like to feel really strong i like to feel really confident but the most important thing for me is co2 tolerance training mm. which is breath yeah. enhancement training yeah. and a lot of um breath holds a lot of breath holds under high heart rate yeah um so you know not what sort Easy. of heart rate are you talking here? 100 beats? Fun. Trying to simulate yeah. the best way we can mm. what would happen in a heavy water surf situation yeah. for me. Um, like lung buster stuff. It's just just um, hard stuff that you don't do unless you've got a lot of training experience and unless you're with a buddy. And so anyway, so I'm doing a lot of that throughout the week. I'm also doing strength and conditioning while, whilst I'm in the gym, I'm also doing CO2 tolerance too. So, mm. which means you can do that anywhere, right? Yes. Mm. You can do a dry CO2 tolerance training. You can do wet CO2 tolerance training. So in the water, mm. um, obviously if you're in the water, you're doing it with a buddy. If you're on land, a bit more safer. So if you black out, you're going to be all right. Um, but uh, yeah, strength and conditioning. Obviously, I want to be really strong. I want to be really powerful going into a season there. I want to make sure, yeah, everything's feeling good. Hmm. But also doing a lot of paddling, doing a lot of swimming, doing yeah. a lot of running. Yeah. I love running. And um, a program that Jamie put me on before I went to Hawaii last Northern Hemisphere winter was um, just pretty simple, just circuit work stuff, but like slightly tweaking it every week. 45 minutes of a circuit uh Run 200, swim 200, run 200, paddle 200, run. Mm. Yeah, just 45 minutes constantly. Then you got your short interval training. Yeah. Um, but I like super passionate about it. And as I've gotten older, like really respect it. And I, yeah, I love who I'm aligned with at the moment. I love who I'm working with at the moment. Yeah, so important. Um, and yeah, I'm just like excited to be getting my body back to the Good. where it was. And then really starting to get prepped again for another Northern right. Hemisphere winter. Yeah. Well, best of luck uh, yeah, What's on? for your recovery. And I hope, yeah, get back to 110% physically, emotionally, mentally, <laughs> ready to go. Just before we do finish up, T-Bone, how's the jiu-jitsu going, mate? Are you injured at the moment? No, I'm fine, mate. Yeah. That's a, it's that's a, a first. <laughs> it's that's a, a first. That's what you said to me before. Yeah, a bit sore, <laughs> Nami. Always sore, you know, always sore, but it's a... Uh, yeah, we need to start an Instagram page, T Bone's Jiu Jitsu yeah. Journey, because yeah. it's uh, <laughs> it really is pretty funny. Yeah, um, good on you, mate, for keep, keeping on with that. Yeah, it's a you, challenge. It's a me- it's more of a mental thing than anything. Yeah. I reckon. You're just turning up, you're just pretty, turning up. You're pretty mentally part. strong, mate. So good on you for keeping <laughs> yeah. up with that. Flick Palmer's here. Thank you so much for joining us on Barrel Surf Podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure, and uh, we've been trying to get you on for a while. So thank- thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, really inspirational, illuminating chat tonight. So thank you so much. Made it happen. Thank we you. did, we did. And uh, you've been listening to Barrel Surf Podcast. Catch us on our new Instagram page. And uh, yeah, support the sponsors if you can. It'd be really appreciated. And thanks again for listening. And we will catch you. Next time.
next time on Bounce Sick Podcast. Yeah.